I'm Sarah. I'm Caitlin. Two women discussing all things in business. Welcome to She's She's the the Boss. So I think one of the important things in any business is making a connection and knowing how to make a connection. And one of the biggest ways that you can do that is self-awareness. Like how can you make a connection with people if you don't understand what your own strengths, Mm -hmm. weaknesses are, and how you effectively communicate or how you may need to adjust how you communicate Mm -hmm. based on you know, feedback you've gotten throughout your life or sure. And knowing who your audience is. Right. Right. Um, I think for some businesses, you know, in a photography business, if you were having an engaged couple versus a family, it would be a lot different. You would show up in a different way. Mm-hmm. You would know, you know, with the, the family and maybe they have a two year old, you're going to have to pull out a few stops to make sure that that goes well versus an engaged couple. Right. And for us, it's like, you know, knowing the value you provide and finding out what's valuable to them. Exactly. And I think people also need to remember that communication starts with your appearance, how you show up to work or Mm -hmm. how you show up to a meeting Mm -hmm. or anything that is the first impression that you make. Yeah, first appearance. impressions really, really matter. For a lot of people, I don't think that they um, they go back and have a you know a, a new perception of you. Your first impression is the impression that I used to very much be like that. You know, my first impression of somebody and I would just formulate my opinion and that would be that. And this is another like welcome to your 30s conversation mm-hmm. of, oh, maybe they were having an off off day, you know, or maybe something had just happened and they were, you know, annoyed with their kid. And so they showed up in a bad mood. You know, you can have off days, but I certainly wasn't like that before. First impressions were it for me. Right. And they do matter. They do. They do. And not everybody goes through that transition in their 30s. So you just have to be prepared to give a first impression, Mm -hmm. regardless of who it is, how old they are, or what you're expecting. And so look at the situation of I'm getting ready to go meet with a client, or we have a whole new group of students coming in today. How do I want to present myself? How do I want to be present in the moment? give the good first impression. And we also can't always predict how much time we're going to get with them. So are we going to get just a few seconds Mm -hmm. to make that impression? Um, Or are we going to have a lengthier conversation in order to make that impression? So it's just so important to know how to communicate, you know, through, through the first impression you can make through your appearance and being prepared um, I know one of the the big things that my husband works on with his job is being able to give that 15 second or 30 second spiel about your business, who you are, because people's brains can only focus for a matter of seconds. Uh-huh. So if you <laughs> not their brains can't, that is how we have trained them in this day and age with all the technology oh, yeah. and stimulation. So you have to be able to present your business, your product, your anything within 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. And 
it be very effective and communicate. So I would challenge everybody to write their 15 second spiel Mm -hmm. about their business. So when someone says, what do you do? Right. You know, how, how are you going to respond to that? Well, I, um, Mm -hmm. that already took four. (laughs) Yeah. And I think a lot goes into that. You also have to be confident in what you do. So when you speak about what you do, you (laughs) sound competent, right? And so if you're uneasy or unsure or have imposter syndrome take over, if you haven't rehearsed that, it's, you're not going to show up as your best self to be able to present exactly what you do. So there's so much that goes into that. That's why I love role-playing so much. Mm -hmm. Um, and even just doing your, your pitch, your 15 second pitch in the mirror to take a look at yourself. Am I showing up confident? What does my body language say? What are my facial expressions doing? How does this come off? And then doing it in front of people that you trust, which can feel so awkward. Right. (laughs) But I think it's so underrated. It is. And also, you know, we talked about with Brandy, like having that right hand person, Mm -hmm. that right hand person is the person that you can do this with Mm -hmm. say, Hey, I have this coming up. Can I practice with you? Mm -hmm. And that person is capable of asking you challenging questions. So you can practice how to respond to these challenging questions. And this isn't just about like with customers, but if you have a staff, then I have to know how to communicate differently with each of my staff members, which is tricky because if you've got 62 people mm-hmm. and they're not big email readers or you have, you know, one person that, you know, <laughs> really never checks their email or just skims it, um, then you have to know how to effectively communicate and be able to have different ways to communicate with different people. And there's some that just work better just hearing directly from me and hearing from my voice, because as we've talked about a million times and we'll touch more on Enneagram one, Mm -hmm. I'm straight into the point. Mm -hmm. Hey, don't forget to do this. Mm -hmm. And I'm just reminding them, but it's like, does she think I'm going to forget to do it? Have I forgotten to do something else? Uh And they all get in their heads. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But if I were to call and be like, Hey, I just want to remind you, don't forget this. Sure. Add a little fluff. Yeah, add Mm -hmm. a little fluff or they hear my inflection in my voice. Mm -hmm. It's completely different. So understanding how to communicate differently with all the different people Mm -hmm. is so important as well. Yes, absolutely. In in any business. And that, again, just to circle it entirely back, takes so much Mm self-awareness. You have to understand where your strengths are, your typical tendencies of communication. Are you typically blunt and to the point, does that feel natural for you? And then to step outside yourself and say, that doesn't feel natural for most other personalities. Right. (laughs) So how do I amend myself rather than saying all of you guys amend to me, right? There are times that that's going to have to happen because, you know, you are the leader and business owner, but in general to have that self-awareness to say, oh no, I'm amending the way that I communicate with you is just a way better leadership style if you want people to actually follow your lead (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and if you want people to trust you you can also be transparent and communicate that to your staff hey just so you know a lot of times I'm going to send you a quick text Mm -hmm. it's because I'm thinking about it in the moment Mm -hmm. please don't take it personal I come across very blunt just know if I send you a quick text it's just it's on my mind I don't want to forget to say it sure And then when they read it, they've got that in the back of their mind. Oh, Sarah said she would send this. This is not personal. She's just sending me a quick reminder kind of thing. And that creates trust between you and your your staff or your clients or anything like that. 
but I do always have somebody proof, you know, the things I will send out in like mass emails to make sure it is coming across correctly and, and all of that. So being able to communicate effectively with your clients and make that connection with them is so important. Um, one of the other things that Lolly talks about is being prepared and having, you know, a bunch of tricks mm-hmm. in your pocket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah. Preparation obviously is, is key when you're walking into anything within your business, whether it's our clients or our employees and our team. If you're not prepared, you can totally end up in disaster. And I think a lot of, you know, we talk about the Enneagram, but a lot of personality types uh, like the preparation and some like to just simply wing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think what Lolly does really well is that she takes her time to figure out what she needs to do in order to be successful with this client. Um, and she she does it in a really beautiful way. We experienced it. <laughs> right, right. And she has to be able to wing it, but you can wing it with finesse and class Mm -hmm. if you're prepared. Mm -hmm. So it's just like with our job and being in live theater, you never know what's going to happen. Oh man. It's like so stressful. It's so stressful. (laughs) Like you never, like what if the costume falls off on stage or my thing is always like, you know, because I have known people who have been performing on your stage Mm -hmm. and I'm like, Oh God, please don't forget your line. Like I'm stressed out for them. Right. And then I'm like, no, relax. This is an enjoyable experience. But yes, I'm sure you've seen all sorts of things happen. Yeah. So, and it's funny because the creative types are fine at winging it, you know? Like it's (laughs) no big deal. Yeah. It's no big deal. That's just how a lot of them just do life. But as business owners, even if you are the creative type and not the type to sit down and prepare, you're, you're going to have to strengthen that skill because you, you can still be flexible and prepared at the same time. And it actually Uh will make the flexibility less stressful if you are prepared, but you have to know, okay, I'm prepared for this, but also have the alternate situations. If this is going, if this goes this way, then I'll make this change. Or if this goes this way, I'll make this change. And whether you're planning something big or small, and that's where that role playing comes in as well, as far Mm -hmm. as like communication and conversations, But on the grander scale, you always have to think further ahead and all the what ifs. And if this is going to happen, what am I going to do? You're sounding like an Enneagram six right now. Oh, man. (laughs) Probably because that's what my husband is. (laughs) Yeah. You're calling upon his his good qualities. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, He's probably (laughs) rubbed off on me after 20 something years, almost 30 years of being together. So just 30 years. No big deal. No big deal. Most of your life. You're only almost 40. Yeah. I know. That's kind of crazy. It's wild. It's it is. beyond wild. You've literally grown up together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I even say that. And I met Luke when I was 21. So, but I feel like you really grow up in your 20s, but you guys literally grew up together. Literally grew up together. So yeah, that's probably where that's coming from. And uh-huh. probably just from my most recent situations of, you know, doing a big recital and it's like, okay, these are our plans. Well, what if it rains? Then what's the plan? Mm -hmm. Or what if this happens? Then what's the plan? So, and you have to do that with school. (laughs) Yeah. All the time. And I think what really helps for me is focusing on what is in our control 
versus what is out of our control, right? Like, okay, if it rains, well, first of all, we're not going to be pissed that it's raining. Okay. Yeah. It's life. <laughs> Don't waste your time on that because you can't control it. Um, and then having those, yes, contingency plans and expecting the unexpected. We used to say at the school, um, <laughs> we used to say, when things slow down, <laughs> we'll be able to do blah, blah, blah. And how naive I look back on that. And I'm like, if only you knew girl, like, no, no, this is the expectation. Expect that things are going to be hustle bustle. It's exciting. It's scary. You know, some unexpected thing. I always say there's never a dull moment. And when you expect that, it doesn't catch you off guard. Right. So I think it's really about managing expectations and having those contingency plans, but also maintaining your focus on what is in your control, Mm -hmm. which is so hard, but absolutely doable if you practice using that muscle. Right. And I also think it's important for people to have the scope and sequence of plan for Mm -hmm. their 10 year, five year, one year, what you do each month Mm -hmm. (laughs) and communicating that with their staff. I call that the playbook. Yes. Yeah. You've got to have a playbook in Mm -hmm. order to be successful. You can't wing it and just do the next thing. And sometimes, sometimes you can. <laughs> you can sometimes. I think that for people who are really good at something just naturally and don't have to work at it, it it feels okay to wing it sometimes. Like, oh, I'm really good at this. It's going to turn out, right? Or be mm-hmm. good enough or whatever. Um, but that only gets you so far. Uh, yeah, you can only do it for so long <laughs> before it's obvious that that's what you're doing. Right, right, right. Yes, yes. And then and then I'm sure imposter syndrome sets in, but it's real. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like I can wing a, a dance class if somebody calls out. Mm-hmm. I can go in and teach it mm-hmm. or a voice lesson or whatever. I can go in and teach it without preparing because I've had to do it so many times. Mm-hmm. But if I did that all day, every day, it would eventually create anxiety. <laughs> Oh yeah. And you'd be burnt out and stressed out and then your clients would feel it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And then you start questioning, did I do everything I was supposed to? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Planning, preparation, I think really knowing who is sitting across the table from you, whether that's your employees, your team, your clients, knowing your audience essentially is key in that preparation as Mm -hmm. well. And circling that back to the podcast with Hani, we talked about solving the problem and communicating that and how when I went on that one specific school tour, they didn't even ask me anything about my child. Well, this is like basic sales. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the sales Break it down, such a, Well, it gets such a bad rap mm-hmm. because it's been demonized and it can be super slimy. Sales to me is simply like, do you have a problem that what I offer can offer you the solution for? Okay. And sometimes your problem, I don't have a solution for, I can't offer that. Right. When parents come to us and they say, I really want my child to be academically advanced. I want them to be ahead. That is not what we offer. I do not have a solution for that problem. Mm -hmm. It's just not a good fit. Right. What we do offer, we can share that. But in that process, it's like, what are your needs? What are you looking for? What's important to you? And if we match up, then voila, we have, quote, closed the deal. We have, you know, sold you on what we offer. 
But if you don't know that from a client's perspective, why are you here? What's important to you? You know, what do you want your child to, um, you know, progress in? And, you know, what does home life look like in the sense that how do you set things up at home? And people want to talk about their kids. Like mm-hmm. we're in an industry, <laughs> we're both moms. We could talk about our kids all the time, right? <laughs> you know? So it's not even a hard thing to do to ask what's important to you. What do you want for your child? What's your child into? Um, I think it gets lost in the sauce, especially in this industry in schooling, because a lot of these people are not trained on the process of parents touring. Right. And, you know, and effectively communicating. Cause on that specific tour I went on, I wasted probably 30 minutes mm-hmm. of her explaining a curriculum to me I've used for nine years. Mm-hmm. And, and she could have found that out. Yeah. And she could have found it out real what, quickly. What curriculum have you used for your kids during homeschooling mm-hmm. or how many kids do you have? And not had to go into all of that. But I also didn't want to be rude and be like, I know. I already know about that. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't want to sound Fine like line. that, but, um, it could have saved so much of her time and communication and energy if she would have started her communication by asking questions. Sure. And so, and again, that's that first impression. That and that's was, just a training thing. Like that is not, I would not say like fault her for it, but mm-hmm. it was simply like, yes, I can give a tour of the school <laughs> and I bet she could. Right. <laughs> right. But it was the whole process of, connecting with the people that are coming through your doors. If community is a big value, then that is an important thing to do is to connect with those people. You are building a community that is to me what a school should be. Um, so it's kind of like a training and an onboarding hiring personality issue. (laughs) Right. And it is all about being prepared. You have to be able to bring the people in, uh-huh. train them, prepare them for your what you expect for your staff and how they should communicate in order to make the customers feel comfortable. So, and, you know, and, and Lolly talks about making her customers feel comfortable, how she does all of that. And right now she's, you know, the main one doing everything um, and taking the pictures, but... Um, you can just learn so much from her experience of how you can use it within your own business mm-hmm. and trickle it down to your staff, to your clients. Mm-hmm. And I think that our conversation with her really shows how effective that is. And we know it made us feel comfortable. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I mean, we were like, uh, we both felt a little awkward. Yeah. We, we were on like our engagement shoot <laughs> in Pinehurst together. <laughs> it looked like we were having a couple session. I think there is actually a picture that I had posted <laughs> where it looks like you're grabbing my butt. Yes. <laughs> and I was like this close to <laughs> making that part of the caption. Like it looks like I'm touching Sarah's butt, but I promise you I'm not, <laughs> you know, or maybe I am. I, well, you don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we ended up feeling super comfortable. Um, and she gives, you know, feedback. I, it's so hard for me to be with a photographer who like you get your picture back and you're like, everyone can see that hair. Like, almost uh, like attached to my lip. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that would have been great if you came up and just said like, Oh, boop, this little hair, move it out of the way. Right. So I loved that. She was like, you know, all oh, those shadows are, you know, weird on your face. Let's mm-hmm. move you a little bit over here. Oh, this background, you know, let's move it just a little bit to the side. Like she's very aware of the whole aesthetic setup. And some photographers can be really good at, 
um, like the end quality of the picture, but then something is like out of place or something weird, you know, like they didn't catch some little detail. And I think she's really, really good at that. Mm -hmm. And also just making you feel like, yeah, this is totally normal. I know it's awkward for you. (laughs) She just calls it out. (laughs) Yeah. And it didn't take that long because she knew where she wanted to go. Uh She knew exactly what poses we should do and what we should do movement wise to make them look good and natural and right in our best because you don't so. know that as like a human unless you're like I don't know have taken some course on how you take pictures or something right which is totally a reasonable thing right <laughs> these days <laughs> but we didn't you know and half the time you know you have an elbow out or like a weird shoulder or you know some funky thing but no she she was a really incredible resource and in just being able to figure out good poses and and all of that so we had fun we did. We did. And if you're local to Moore County, definitely check out Lolly Lynn's photography. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason she wins Best of the Pines because she is the best. Uh, yes. Go look at her Instagram. Those photos are stunning. Yes, absolutely. Well, we hope that you enjoy our interview with Lolly. Awesome. Um, my name is Lolly Nazario. Um, I'm a mom of two girls. One is three and one is six. Um, I'm a military spouse. My husband is in the Air Force and um, my background is actually in higher education. So like many people, especially many military spouses, I took one of those zigzag routes to get to be an entrepreneur, um, mostly related to my husband's service. I just kind of had to keep pivoting. Um, and that's what we do. We do it very well, don't we? Mm-hmm. Um, but my, yeah, my background's in higher ed. I actually got my master's in counseling. Um, and so like many people decided to stay home with the kiddos. Um, and that really forced me to tap into my creative side. I felt like all day just being, just being mom wasn't enough for my creative side. And mm-hmm. so kind of started photography that way and, and grew it. How many kids do you have? Two kids. Okay. Yeah, two kids. So, and that's how I started my photography business. Okay. So. And tell us a little bit about your photography business, the name, sure. your specialties, all those things. Yeah. So my photography is Lolly's Lens Photography. Um, and I started out just doing families. Um, so like many people, I just kind of picked one niche and then it started to grow from there. Um, so I started with, with families and told myself I would never do newborns. Um, and now most of my business has become newborns. Um, it's funny how that happens, but, um, so now I work with newborns, portraits of children, um, and as well as really have branched into the business side of things. So, um, I photograph now for both Pine Straw Magazine, um, and sometimes the pilot when they need me kind of contracted work. So again, I started one area and it just kind of snowballed into lots of different areas across Moore County. And I think mostly that's just related to living in a small town and people are so generous to share when they've had a good experience. Um, so in that way, the work kind of found me, which I'm very grateful for. Yeah. When did you start? Um, I guess so technically about three years ago. Okay. So yeah, I kind of like many people during the pandemic, I went from hobby to profession with it. You know, I just found myself having a lot more free time at home and that's when I started to kind of get a little tighter on the business side of things and never intended to be working full time with it and kind of just kept going. And at that point now I'm, I'm full time. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's a story. I think of a lot of people, um, especially in the, you know, creative industries where it's kind of a hobby and all of a sudden you're really good at it and people are recommending you. Absolutely. And then your schedule's full. 
Yeah, absolutely. Especially with digital, you know, because my product is something that people inherently share. Sure. And they're kind enough to tag me. Um, and that's like handing their business card to 2000 Facebook friends. Mm -hmm. So I've actually never had to quote market because my product is marketing. Yeah. And so if you do a good job on the product, it speaks for itself. So again, word of mouth, small town, small communities, um, that's just been extremely beneficial because that's just one area I don't have to spend all the extra time on. Right. Um, so I'm very appreciative of people when they are willing to do that. So if you haven't had to market a lot, what do you think it is other than obviously the beautiful quality of your photos, because I could go get photos and they turn out beautiful and I just have a horrible experience or feel not leaving good about myself or my kids cried the whole time or whatever it may be. So what do you feel about your business and your personality and how you work with people as a photographer that might make you stand out? Yeah, I say that all the time. I mean, there are the technical side of photography is actually quite easy. Anybody can learn that, take a couple classes online. I mean, it takes a while to get good at it, but the technical side is easy. Um, to me, photography has nothing to do with the camera and everything to do with the person. Um, I, I kind of mentioned earlier my background is in counseling. So I spent lots of time working with various types of people, and that has served me so well in photography because I'm typically meeting someone that's a stranger to me and mm -hmm. I have to make them yeah. feel very comfortable in a very short amount of time because most people don't really want to be in front of the camera. They want the product. They want to be able to have the memories, but the experience of meeting a stranger mm -hmm. and then kind of being vulnerable and getting to know them quickly is intimidating. And so for me, that's, that's that one area I had to hone my skills in to the point where now it's automatic. Like I, I can kind of adapt to a crying toddler, a sick child, a kid that wants anything to do with pictures. You know, I mean, it's, you see everything. Mm -hmm. Grumpy dads. I was going to say, sometimes far it's not the, the worst. kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give me a toddler any day. But like, usually it's, it's the dad doesn't want to be there. And right. so I have to not only make them want to be there, but enjoy it, you know, because if we're going to spend 45 minutes together, like let's all have fun, mm -hmm. you know, because when you look at a picture, you're not just looking at the picture, you're, you're thinking back to the experience of what that was. And I want it to be a family memory. Like, hey, remember when we did those family pictures and we spent one hour together running around in a field and hugging each other and no one had their phones. And like, I mean, that's to me where the art comes in is making that experience a memory, not just a picture. And mm -hmm. you hear that online, but that's to me where you, you stand apart because um, that's what makes people wanting to come back. Like that was fun. And usually that's what I hear kids saying when they're leaving, you know, and the dads are like, that wasn't that bad. Right. Like the moms are always shocked that it went well, always, every time. Cause yeah. every, but every mom is scared. They're going to spend money, get all dressed up, take their kids out after bedtime. And it's just going to be a disaster. I mean, mm -hmm. I've been on the other side. I've, I know how that feels as right. a mom. And so I work my tail off to make it a really good experience. Mm -hmm. And again, I think what benefits me is I've, photographed so many families that I have a humongous toolkit of how to make a kid buy into that time together. And that's where experience has served me so well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I used to get really nervous for photo I shoots and imagine. now, now it, I literally don't even have one nerve at all because I have seen it all. Right. And I know how to help it along. So. Yeah. I think, you know, being on the other side, we've done our branding photography with you. And, um, 
you know, when we talked about what you were really good at, it was making people feel at ease. And if I had to describe the process, it was that it was easy. You know, it didn't feel forced. It didn't feel um, awkward, you Mm -hmm. know, and we had just met. Right. (laughs) So um, and I think, you know, I I would imagine the pressure on your side of like typically the mom has researched Mm -hmm. photographers in the area. She's looked at your portfolio. She's like, yes, this is the kind of, you know, aesthetic that I want. Mm -hmm. But she's got this vision in her head of what she wants to hang up on her living room wall and you have to bring that vision to life, right? It's a whole process. It's not just let me snap this picture. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's so many factors that I can't control. (laughs) You know, I can't control how your kid's going to react, but, um, because I can't do that, I have to figure out ways to influence the session to get what people want. And Mm. again, like adapting, it's, it's very draining. Like after a family session, (laughs) I go home and I'm like, I am so tired. Yeah. Like I, I am the one that's always in workout clothes because I'm probably rolling on the grass. Like, I mean, I'm squatting, standing. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it's just, it is very physical <laughs> and, and also just emotional energy to carry that. Right. Yeah. You have to be on. Yeah, absolutely. You cannot have low energy. Right. Right. And yeah. it's not one of those situations where you can just show up and do the work. Like when we showed up to do our photography session with you, you knew exactly where we should go. You knew what lighting was right in the mm-hmm. right place. And so people tell you their vision. They want it in the woods or they want it in yeah. a field or they want it near the railroad station. And so you can't just show up and take those pictures. You were prepared to know where everything would look good and and do all of that. So there's a level of preparation that yeah. goes into all of it too. Absolutely. So. Same, same for newborns. When I go to someone's house, I've never been there before. So I don't know what color mm. the walls are. Mm-hmm. I don't know what color their furniture is. I don't know what color, you know, what, what their sunlight's going to be. So there's a lot of factors that you have to have experience in your favor. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, that's very true. <laughs> so let's talk about a little bit about juggling the family and mm-hmm. being an entrepreneur. We, all three of us are military wives. We've mm-hmm. all been through our spouses being gone mm-hmm. and trying to manage the time and feel like you're not a disadvantage to your children, that you're trying to <laughs> do more to provide for them. Um, and by taking time away from them, tell us a little bit about how you juggle all of that, your current situation. I think it's similar to Caitlin's, mm-hmm. um, Caitlin's they were geographical bachelors. Yeah. Yeah. Three years <laughs> for three years. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, I saw that you had posted about that. So yeah. we talk a little bit about how you manage that and kind of plan all that out. Sure. So my husband is 17 years in the air force. So he's right at the very end <laughs> and she's like seeing the finish line, but being so too far to touch it. Um, and as the military does, they decided to surprise us one with one more PCS that we were not expecting. And of course we had gotten to that point of our family where in our business where I had settled into my business, yeah. it was booming. And then my kids were in school. We really liked our church. I mean, everything was going well and the military's like, knock, knock, <laughs> we have one more need. And so, I mean, we were really struggling with what to do. Um, because of course no one wants their family not together. Um, but at the end of the day, my business was a factor in that. Um, it wasn't something I could just take with me because again, it, it's a relationship, right? right? So I can't, I can't just, I can't 
start over from scratch. Um, well, you could. I could. Right? That's is true. <laughs> In fairness, I could. It is so, not something that you wanted to do right. or have to put the effort yeah. into because you're only there for, for a, a little short bit period of time. of time. Absolutely. It was like I had the technical skill. I didn't have the emotional Ugh. space to do that. I, yes. I had worked too hard emotionally. Um, and so we decided, yeah, so he's he's in three years in Charleston. And then once that's over, he's done with the military. We'll be back here full time and kind of continue life as normal. So suddenly I went from being a full-time working mom with my husband's help to a full-time working mom with no help. Um, yeah. My kids are still very little. My older daughter's only in a half day kindergarten program. So Every day, I only have three hours of childcare, and of course, when you factor in driving to and from, it suddenly becomes two hours. So, the struggle is that I can shoot in that hours during the day when the kids aren't there because I can't have them. But then I have to do the the editing, which is actually the hard part, mm-hmm. in the margins of the rest of our life. So, it has been extremely challenging mm-hmm. to try to to not sacrifice their time because um, at the end of the day, they. They don't, I want them to not feel disrupted by mommy working because we all struggle with that, right? Like, yeah, yeah. We, they don't understand how much work I have to do. Right. Um, because it's, it's, they don't see me behind a desk, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like mommy goes to work like daddy and wears a uniform and checks in and checks out. Like I'm kind of that default parent that has to be at every place. Yeah. So. And I think it's also a balance. And what I experienced was you know, making time for their things and being present with them and balancing the idea of like, oh no, mom still has this thing outside of you, outside of dad Mm -hmm. that is for her, that brings her purpose and showing them that side as well. And it's like, gosh, how do you do that Mm -hmm. and not take away from, you know? And I think it's, it's a mindset. It's how you look at the situation. You know what I mean? how can we figure out what we can control? It's kind of like what you're talking about in doing family sessions. Like there's so much that's out of your control. What can I control in this situation? How many years has he been there? Well, he just, yeah. So like four months. Okay. So so you guys are like fresh into this. Yeah. Where you're, it's almost like a deployment at this point where you're like, okay, we've slightly settled into routine and you know, let's see how this goes. So is he home on the weekends and stuff Mostly, like that? Yeah, yeah. When he can. And, but by the time he drives, it's like, he's there for a day. So it's, oh, I know. it's not, it's kind of like we're passing ships cause I need a break and mm-hmm. I need to work, but he needs time with the kids. And so trying to, one of the hardest parts is trying to find time where we're all together. Mm-hmm. We're like, I'm not running errands or working and you know, well, so and a lot of hard. your work families need to photograph on the evenings on the or weekends. weekends. Yeah. So although, you know, you have these business hours that you have during the morning while your kids Mm -hmm. are at school. It's also trying to be accommodating to all their needs. And then, like you said, the editing time, do you have any like special tips or tricks as far as like, do you just do your editing and stuff once the kids go to bed or do you have a certain schedule of certain things you do certain days of the week or how, like, how do you juggle it and make sure everything is done that needs to get done? Yeah. So the first thing I did was hire a virtual assistant. And so outsourcing, I mean, I had to look at my workload and say, what can I give to somebody else? And that's a hard thing for a a business person to do, especially when you work for yourself. Like, Mm -hmm. cause I know how I want it done and no one's ever going to do it as well as you do it. I mean, it's, I think everyone, all three of us are like, yes. I mean, I trust this person, but no one's ever going to do it to my level. 
everything else I can't give up. I can't replicate me at a photo session right. and I can't replicate me editing. I mean, unfortunately. Or as a mom. Yeah, or as a mom. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, well, this is one area that or I can give up. Yeah, or as a mom. Um, Please. Yeah, that's yeah. a real bad Let's idea. not make that two of me. Um, <laughs> No, but, um, so yeah, I work when the kids are down. So I'm lucky that I enforce quiet time and I don't care if you nap or if you play quietly Mm -hmm. in your room, like that's when mommy works. And that's, I, I call it like house quiet. Like Mm -hmm. I'm quiet, they're quiet, Mm -hmm. everyone's quiet. And as my kids get older, that's never going to go away. Like that's just one of the things that we honor and that's influenced our school decision. Like we needed a a situation where that could exist. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, yeah, when they go to bed, I work and I can't say that's great for, like life balance, but I need quiet. You know, I can't be interrupted. And, um, and then I just try to be really, really present. Like when I am with them, I kind of remind myself, you have time set aside to answer that email, Mm -hmm. you know, that there is time in your day to do it, but they only get you right in front of you right now, you know? And so it's very tempting to pick up the phone and answer the million texts or the million emails, but I'm really trying to be intentional about saying, at 7.30 when they go to bed, because we have an early bedtime for that reason too, mm-hmm. is that that's when you work. Mm-hmm. And it's untraditional. It's not necessarily the healthiest balance, but it allows me to know that there is that sacred time set away to answer the business to-do list. One of the big things I always talk about in business is training your market and like mm-hmm. training your, it, for you, it would be your clients. And so, and I think that's completely fair and you probably mostly deal with moms, mm-hmm. To say, I'm a, you know, I work from home. I'm a work at home mom and I will get back to you at 7.30 PM when my children are in bed. I'm spending family time right now. And I have to do that as well with my staff and with our families. Um, It's hard though. It's real hard. And sometimes I'll like accidentally open an email. So I'm like, I need to reply to it right now because I may forget to come back to it. Absolutely. So what I, what I've started doing for this is if I accidentally open it and I feel the need to reply right now and it's not business hours, I schedule it to send during business hours so that people don't start expecting a reply on a Sunday at 9.30 a.m., when I accidentally open it right before church starts mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. It's a good idea. Or like I'm in the middle of cooking dinner and my kids need help with their homework or or what it could be. So I will reply so that I don't forget, but I hit schedule send to business hours. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's training your market and your audience as well as your staff um, to do that. And if my staff what I've learned over the years too, if my staff doesn't see me setting boundaries, they're going to expect me to, for them to not have boundaries right. as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's normal mm-hmm. to reply at 10 PM yeah. at night when you have a parent emailing you. Right. 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 So when you are trying to raise up leaders and mm-hmm. you see them replying to somebody at 10 o'clock at night, mm-hmm. you're like, no, yeah. I don't, I want that boundary for you too. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, you don't do it. And I'm like, Oh. Right. Oops. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Then that's where it's been helpful to have a virtual assistant with my scheduling because I'll tell her, like, hey, I cannot book this many sessions in a day. And she'll enforce it for me. You know, right. she's almost like, okay, she's, she's my your gatekeeper. Coach. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And along those lines of just tips, like one of the things I had to do with my Instagram was the automatic reply. You know, mm-hmm. I don't answer scheduling mm-hmm. things or specific questions through Instagram. Please use this email. And that just helps me triage it. You know, right. what can go to Morgan, my assistant, and what do I need to handle? I mean, just training, like you said, training people to just funnel into one 
communication method because right now that's the hardest part about being a mom is that I get communication from every yes. corner of the world, emails, yes. texts, Facebook messages, Instagram. I That's too much, know. you know, and, and things fall through the cracks and which can be very stressful too. And so just funneling it to one device is helpful. Yeah. I think it's also this idea that your emergency is not my emergency. Right. And that goes for, you know, your staff and for your clients, Mm -hmm. just because something seems so urgent to you, I have to have this filter of like, does this need an immediate response? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I would say 99% of the time it's no, I'll respond to this during my normal business Mm -hmm. hours because what feels very urgent to you is actually not that urgent. It can wait until the next morning. Right. And so it's also like this mindset for us, especially when you're starting out in business where you feel like you have to be on all the time and you're hustling and you're doing these extra things and you're trying to add value. So people will come back to you and then spread the word. And so it's like coming out of that mindset, like, no, not everything's a fire that has to be put out. Yeah. (laughs) It's okay. Just relax, maintain your boundaries and, and things will go so much smoother. Well, and a lot of times when you give that room to breathe mm-hmm. before you handle those emergencies, well, yes, yes. it also calms you down as well as yeah, whatever the emergency, emergency. is. You know, if somebody were to get their picture back and they're like, I have a hair poking out, yeah. you know, you feel like, oh, I need to probably fix that right away because this mom is really worried about this. But it's, it's not life and death. Yeah. Usually the emergencies are like, which shirt should I wear? You know, and they (laughs) want to know, like, I have to keep it in perspective that like what we're doing is a luxury, you know, and, and know that it doesn't need an emergent reply. That pressure is usually coming from me. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like for us to say like, Oh wait, no, yeah, (laughs) this is not an emergency or a fire that I have to put out right now. You know, it's definitely a a mindset thing Mm -hmm. around boundaries. Mm -hmm. And I always feel like, especially with my husband gone, when I start snapping at my kids more, Mm. I'm like, oh, this is work. Mm. You know, that's something I got to level out my stress level here because the plate is full. Yeah. Like it, it's not them. It's, it's me. And that's when I feel the mom guilt that we all feel is like, okay, Lolly changed something because that's not fair to anybody. That's, that's not why we did this, you know? There's so much pressure. Yeah, absolutely. I want to keep it all together emotionally. (laughs) Your husband is hundreds of miles away. You're running a successful business. You're trying to be mom of the year. No pressure, right? No pressure. (laughs) Got to do it all. Do it all perfectly. I I felt this too. I mean, we're active in our church and my kids are involved in children's ministry and we're involved in our school. And I had to kind of tell myself, this is not my season for volunteering. Mm, Like, And that is a hard conversation for somebody that is having to ask for a lot of help to be like, I am so sorry right now. I can't give it back, but like three years, I'm going to be there. You know, right. like I'm, I'm going to be at the VBS volunteer. I'm going to, but like this season, I am not the, I can't do the extra stuff that mm-hmm. I'm used to doing and just kind of being aware of, of that. Well, and accepting it. It's hard. It's right? really hard. Cause you want to be everything to everybody, especially when you're involved in so many I know, community you things. Give back. Yeah. yeah. I feel, I feel extreme guilt about that. And I've really in this season had to work on being like, this is not my time to say yes mm-hmm. to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I always, I always want to say yes. Right. It's never like, a, oh, I don't want to do that. It's more of like, gosh, I really shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's been a learning area in this military journey. Yeah. yeah. 
And we've talked about that before. When you say yes to something, you're saying no, no to, to something, something else, else you yeah. know? And it's like, well, what gets your no? Yeah. <laughs> is that your business? Is that your kids? Is it your marriage that yeah. you have to really work at right now to communicate and, you know, cause you're not together? Yeah. What gets the no? Mm-hmm. Well, it's typically us, you know, it's like, yeah. as moms, we're so good at, at good at that. And that's, it's, you will burn yourself out so quickly. Mm-hmm. Like it's, and that goes back to the conversation of what others can do and what others can't. If you say no to volunteering for this, somebody mm-hmm. else will do somebody it. Somebody else. But if you say no to being a mom today, yeah. Well, <laughs> they don't eat. That's not going to happen. Yeah. I know we have to feed them all yeah. every day. Uh, yes. Why? <laughs> Molly, so my daughter, Molly, she's um she's 10 and we're going through like chores and what you can what chores you can do to earn money or whatever. Anyway, she cleaned the whole kitchen. And she, there were some dishes in the sink. And yesterday I'm doing the dishes, which is the day after she cleaned the kitchen. And she says, what? You're doing dishes again? I just did them yesterday. And I'm like, uh-huh. This is how it works. We eat multiple meals a day and then there's dishes from them. Like she was so surprised. I was just like, yes, this is, this is our life as moms. Yeah. Welcome. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's never ending. Never ending. So I always say I work three full-time jobs. I mean, I think... Yes. We can all say that we do that. Like to put it in perspective, you know, like that's literally what we're being asked to do. So. And and you're in those steps of starting to delegate, starting to set boundaries. And that is what will get you to the point where you'll feel a little bit more yeah. free. And it makes your business more enjoyable too when you don't have that added yeah. pressure or stress. Well, thank you so much. You've given a lot of really good information. Yeah. And we so, love it. It's great to have you on. Yeah. yeah, and thank you for making a very comfortable photo <laughs> shoot for us as well. Well, yeah. good, good. That's what Why I like you to hear. Tell people where to find you on social media, your website. Sure. Yeah. So um, Instagram is where I actually post daily um, all my work from that day. I try really hard to, as long as people allow that, most families most families do, but, um, share the work that we did that day. So Mm -hmm. just some sneak peeks. So that's a really good way to see kind of what I was up to and what I'm working on. Um, and that's at Lolly's lens photography. And then my website is lollieslens.com. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And we look forward to having you back and doing some more photos. Yeah. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you. Bye.